15 Minutes of Fascism, an unfortunately topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson. This week I'm going to be talking about some issues related to nationalism and immigration uh, due to recent events in Greece and Turkey. Now, to get to the background of these issues in order for you to understand them better, uh, we're going to have to go back in time just a little bit, not a historical amount, but back to the early to mid 2010s. Uh, for those of you who don't recall, for some reason or another, uh, there had just been a major financial crisis uh, around the world in 2008, uh, what is known in the United States usually as the you know, subprime mortgage crisis, uh, but which manifested throughout the world as a major financial and capital crisis. This was especially acute in some European countries, uh, particularly in Portugal, Ireland, and the subject of our conversation today, Greece. Greece. Now, throughout the rest of Europe, there had been also an ongoing, well, what was called in the media and by certain parts of the population, a, quote, refugee crisis. Uh, now, the terminology here, refugee and crisis, both of those were contested terms. Um, defining people who are fleeing economic or political or just violent turmoil as uh, refugees is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Um, however, defining this as a crisis, you know, as something that is a problem for the societies that would be providing these people with refuge or attempting to ameliorate their situation, uh, that's something that I have a pretty serious contention with. But all that aside, historically, what we're looking at is a major influx of people from North Africa and the Middle East predominantly. Uh, to Southern and Eastern Europe. Um, so we're primarily talking about Spain, Italy, Italy, and the Balkan states, including Greece. People came by boat, and we're not really talking about like cruise ships here. We're talking about emergency craft uh, often, um, or ramshackle boats that were not designed and weren't safe, particularly for the crossing of any part of the Mediterranean. Um, even the very short straits that they were typically uh, attempting to cross. So we're talking about crossing between Morocco um, and to Spain uh, through the Strait of Gibraltar, uh, crossing from North Africa to Malta or Sicily or Southern Italy, uh, and crossing the Aegean from uh, the Middle East or Turkey to Greece. People also came by truck. Um, we're talking about unmarked trucks containing people in the truck bed in you know, in the actual cargo hold of the truck. Um, these trends have not stopped, um, but they have slowed down somewhat, uh, although the tragic consequences of attempting to transport people in this way, people attempting to move themselves to immigrate in this way uh, due to a lack of otherwise legal or safer ways to immigrate to Europe from the places that they were fleeing or simply just hoping to find a better life in. Uh, for those listeners in the United States, um, this is relatively comparable, although not exactly the same uh, as immigration from Latin America to the United States. Now, in the 2000s, many European countries accepted refugees. Um, many of them accepted far more refugees than one might have thought. Uh, for example, Germany accepted a relatively large number of refugees, specifically from Syria, but also from elsewhere in the Middle East and North Africa. However, other countries uh, responded to this 
influx of people in need of services, in need of help, in need of humanitarian aid uh, by refusing to uh, accept them. Uh, one of the paradigmatic cases here would be Hungary, um, where this so-called crisis fueled a resurgence of the right wing uh, and the government of Viktor Orban, uh, who is the leader of a right wing political party uh, that faces in its opposition a fascist party, uh, which means that Hungary has an extreme right wing party in government and its main opposition party is a fascist party. That's a pretty dire situation. Back to the story, however, we return to Europe in the mid 2000s. Um, a Europe that is undergoing financial turmoil, um, which is responding to a humanitarian crisis that its governments are unwilling, uninterested in uh, responding to effectively. Now, one of the ways in which Europe responded to this crisis uh, was by engaging with its neighbor, Turkey, uh, effectively paying Turkey to house and maintain uh, immigrants who were coming from elsewhere in the Middle East and North Africa in Turkey in order to avoid them entering Europe. This strategy reached its breaking point uh, earlier this week as the right-wing government of Turkey under Erdogan uh, announced that it would no longer be following this policy and would now try to allow refugees who had been previously stationed in Turkey to attempt to go to Europe again. Now, the response by many European peoples and governments to this change uh, has been really disappointing. And one of those cases, one of the most disappointing and most recent ones, occurred in Greece, and that's what I'll be talking about for the remainder of this episode. Just a few days ago in Greece, uh, footage was released of National Guardsmen and Coast Guard members attacking a boat of migrants who were attempting to move themselves from Turkey to Greece. These are immigrants, these are refugees uh, being attacked by military personnel, by Greek military personnel. The migrants were attacked by the Coast Guard uh, who seized upon the migrants' vessel with a motorized boat. Uh, the migrants themselves were in an inflatable boat, uh, effectively an emergency boat, a life raft. Um, they were attacked by the Coast Guard who were wielding poles, uh, like large sticks, um, and footage shows Coast Guard personnel uh, beating the migrants uh, with these sticks and also apparently looking like they might have been trying to puncture the boat. Uh, meanwhile, uh, on the same scene, uh, there was a child who was drowning uh, from one of these boats. Uh, the Coast Guard, Coast Guard, in this case, operating not to save people, but to prevent them from entering Greece. Um, apparently, its, its military purpose, uh, in this case, exceeded, overruled any sort of humanitarian impulse that one would have hoped would uh, motivate people to accept others and to provide aid for them. Other recent events in Greece are also causes for alarm, in addition to attacks on migrants who are actually in the act of attempting to immigrate to Greece. There have been several recent attacks on existing migrants, people who are already in Greece, uh, who are housed in what are supposed to be uh, temporary living facilities, but have evolved into more permanent settlements. Um, some of these attacks have involved arson uh, and also armed assaults against immigrants and their supplies, that, that is foodstuffs and clothes uh, that have been donated or secured by NGOs 
uh, for distribution among immigrant populations. Um, some of these more recent attacks have occurred on the islands of Lesbos and Chios, um, both islands in the Aegean between Greece and Turkey. Um, it's not uncommon for migrants to be held in places like this that are apart from the mainland um, in an attempt supposedly to separate migrants um, from the other people uh, in Europe and to prevent them from being able to move freely in Europe, which is one of the reasons that people try to enter the European Union, because once in the European Union, one has freedom of movement uh, as a result of the European Union's many treaties. Now, the most disturbing thing about these attacks, and they're disturbing enough by themselves, just on the face of them, just on the face of it having occurred. The most disturbing thing about these attacks is that they were carried out by an organization called Golden Dawn. Now, if you paid attention to the news, uh, especially the news on the left uh, in the early 2010s or the mid 2010s, you're probably relatively familiar with Golden Dawn and its rival organization, Syriza. Now, these are two political parties in Greece uh, that both emerged or at least gained increased prominence in Greece in the, in the wake of its sovereign debt crisis uh, in 2008, 2009, 2010, and into the early 2010s. Syriza is a far left political party. Um, some would describe it as socialist, others uh, would describe it more as a far left party. Um, but Golden Dawn is a straightforwardly fascist party. Um, they use a fascist salute. Um, their flag has uh, a stylized swastika on it. Um, they march with torches. Uh, you know, they do the whole nine yards, really. They, they do the whole thing. Now, Golden Dawn originally was a party in the 1980s, but as I said, it gained prominence in the wake of Greece's economic crisis. And for those of you who've listened to previous episodes, this should come as no surprise. Um, people, Greek people, experiencing political dissatisfaction with the status quo, uh, experiencing downward political mobility, and being in an economic situation where they felt capable of blaming outsiders, foreigners, uh, for their own economic woes, uh, these are perfect targets for fascist ideology and fascist mobilization, and Golden Dawn capitalized on this very successfully. It grew as an organization, it had mass rallies, it controlled public space, and it also won seats in parliament in a relatively fair way. Um, it eventually only had 12 seats in the Greek parliament, but because of coalition building uh, amongst the center-right and center-left, it ultimately was was for the electoral cycle beginning in 2012, the third largest political party in Greece. Now, this is disturbing in and of itself, um, but Golden Dawn's continued relevance in Greek politics, even now, now that it has lost its political uh, actual representation in parliament, Golden Dawn's continued political relevance in Greece comes from its paramilitary activity, um, from its partisan violence. Golden Dawn operatives uh, are known to have attacked leftists, um, that's partisan violence specifically, violence against people whom they perceive to be their political opponents. Um, but Golden Dawn also participates in ethnic violence, and that is what we're talking about today. That's what uh, these news items are about, um, violence against migrants and violence against the supply chain that keeps migrants alive uh, and well in the face of the dire conditions that they're exposed to. Historically, Golden Dawn is part of a trend of 
of political mobilization uh, called neo-Nazism. Now, you've definitely heard that term neo-Nazi before. Um, the fact is that uh, among fascists, it means something specific. It means that the organization is relatively new compared to many other fascist political formations. Uh, the fact is that many fascist parties, especially in Europe, can trace their roots directly back to old fascist parties, uh, the ones that existed in the 20s and 30s, um, whereas groups that would be more or better described as neo-Nazi parties uh, usually emerge in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s um, in times of economic turmoil. Now, this is not to say that Golden Dawn doesn't talk about the 20s and 30s. They certainly do. Um, they're specifically apologists for the Greek military government um, during World War II, which was effectively set up by and in support of the Nazi occupation of Greece, uh, which occurred during that war and immediately prior to it. In this, they are also not alone uh, among European fascist parties. Um, many European fascist parties have a serious nostalgia for the Nazi occupation of their uh, countries. Uh, we're talking uh, Austria, Poland, and Hungary as the paradigmatic cases where fascist political parties uh, express serious nostalgia for this period of time, which, you know, might sound a little bit confusing coming from nationalists, you know, praising a foreign military occupation of their country. Um, but this, I would argue, is an example of fascism's sort of ideological wiggliness might be a fair way to put it. And that's something that we're going to have to talk about in a later episode, exactly what fascist ideology is and how fascists relate to each other. But for the purposes of this episode, the things to remember are that Golden Dawn was a fascist party that uh, achieved electoral success, and that even after it failed to maintain that electoral success, uh, remained politically relevant due to its participation in partisan political and ethnic violence. And again, for those of you who've been listening or who study, think about, pay attention to the extreme right, you should also not be surprised to hear that uh, there is ample evidence that Golden Dawn cooperated with the Greek military, um, with the, the Greek police forces uh, in these attacks on, on migrants and their places of residence. And unfortunately, this is something that we're going to have to be paying attention to for the foreseeable future, uh, as with climate change, with increasing uh, globalization with increasing regional instability uh, in the Middle East, North Africa, and South Asia. Uh, we're going to see a lot of human migration and a lot more political, partisan, and ethnic violence on the part of the extreme right in the face of it. And that'll be the topic of next week's episode, barring any intervening, uh, pressing new issues. Um, we're going to be talking about violence in South Asia and how it relates to the extreme right. That was 15 Minutes of Fascism. Thanks for listening, though I'm sorry that you felt you had to. Until next week. Mm -hmm.